Troyson all, welcome back to Fearless in Devotion, the Wrexham AFC podcast, of course, sponsored by the Fat Bar and Restaurant. Um, well, instant reactions to a proper proper good away match, Tim. Uh, I was following your um, videos from uh, Valley Parade yesterday. It seemed like a cracking atmosphere. Yeah, it was good. It was good, you know. It's nice to go back to those types of grounds, really. Um, obviously, large crowd again, uh, probably because of their upturn in results, as well as Hollywood FC being in town, probably, almost definitely. But it was really good, really good day out, um, and a, a gritty, not pretty performance, really. So yeah, uh, a lot of people saying that oh, you know we should be performing far, far better with the squad we've got, but. Doesn't always work that way, and I keep coming back to last season that we were spoiled last season. I think there's still a degree of expectation that it's going to be like that. There's nowhere going to be anything like it. So, yeah, it was a good day out, reasonable, happy with with the way it panned out, and draw was a fair result, really. Uh, I was in Sutton this weekend, and mm. it's a far cry. Mm. No disrespect to Sutton because obviously we we play them on Tuesday, uh, and you know they've done really well, but. Valley Parade is a it's a far cry from Gander Green Lane, isn't it, Andy? Uh, yeah, there's no real comparison. It's great Rex from a back, isn't it? I know Tim sort of mentioned it there, but when's the last time we played a league game in front of more than 20,000 people? Sheffield Wednesday, about, about 20 years ago? Sheffield Wednesday and then probably Man City before that. Yeah. So, you know, that's proper. It just feels nice to be back. Um, and, yeah, I really enjoyed the game too. Cracking little atmosphere, um, uh, you know, just just a great all round. And I, what Tim sort of saying, yeah, there's two schools of thought in that. There's it's the 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 point is great, so shut up, don't mention the performance, and the performance isn't good enough. Um, we only had one shot on target, we scored from it. Um, the stats say that they gave us a bit of a battering when it probably was. A, I think it was an even match where. I think even though they had they they pressed us incredibly hard and I didn't think they could they could really keep it up and for parts of the second half they didn't but then as soon as soon as we went ahead almost they had to to put put the effort back in um, because there was no way that that crowd was going to let them not get away with something from that game so it was it was interesting it was it was you know the the Bradford team really put a shift in my mate who can't get to a lot of games, uh, but knows his football, says, Wrexham seem to have a lot of great players. They're just not in the right positions. Liam, are you part of the happy, clappy, uh, be grateful, we're fourth brigade, the Reese Williams School of Football, or, or are you uh, following a different uh, different tack? Um, so when I, I watched the game via entirely legitimate means, obviously, and um, my immediate thoughts were slight frustration just because I thought we you know particularly first half we had the better of them and there was a chance there to take all three points but then you you bring it back in the cold light of day and you just say 
you know, it, it sounds awful to say, but, you know, just what a great experience just to be back at a ground. Like, that's the first one, I think, where it really hits home, you know, we're back in business here. And if you'd asked any of us before the match, I don't think anyone would have balked at a point. Um, it's that old adage that we went on about last season, you know, get three points at home, point on the road. You're not going to go too far wrong, especially in a in a division and with as many automatic promotion positions. So, yeah, overall, I'm pretty glass half full about it. Lovely stuff. Uh, Andy, you mentioned there your um, sage friend uh, who's got some, uh, he says we've got a lot of players, don't quite know what we're doing yet. Uh, some players looking tired on Saturday. Do you think anyone's needing a break? Um, I would, I, I think the natural thing for Parky or what he wanted to do was let Lee get his fifth booking and bring Davis in naturally. I wonder if he might have to to change that a little bit now. Lee has been fantastic for us from the start of the season. I think his influence on games is, is waning a little bit. I wonder if the amount of work he puts in is catching up with him because he is an all-action midfielder. Um, Davis uh, Davis looks back to his best. He looks back to his his old sort of ways that, you know, he, as I said last last week, he, he does glide along the pitch. He he can play a brilliant balls. Like the, the ball he played to, uh, to 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 Mendy in the second half was just fantastic. And it's it's great to have someone who can switch play like that. Now, there's always this rumour that Parkey towards the back end of last season didn't really play Davis much because he didn't, he didn't think his work rate was high enough. Well, no one who saw that game yesterday could not tell me that, that Jordan Davis wasn't completely committed. I mean, he, he nearly headed something. He shouldn't have gone anywhere near because he, he wanted to win the ball so much. He was all over the, you know, he was, he covered, he covered the area. He ran, you know, he ran things down and I, I'd look to see Jordan, Jordan back in um, to just to see what he can do against, against Sutton. Um, but isn't it great that you've got two options there? So, if it doesn't quite, if Jordan starts and it doesn't quite work out, you've got Elliot Lee to to bring on. And God Almighty, if you're a if you're um if you're a defender and you've spent seventy minutes defending Davis, and then you think, and then you see a player of just as good, if not better, coming on, you think, oh well, oh, fuck my life, basically. <laughs> so yeah, um, but I think Davis certainly is pushing. Mm. Um, I wonder if I wonder if um. I wonder if Mendy might come in on the left. I know it's a bit controversial, but McLean in in places does look like a left winger playing a wing back. Mm. What would you do then? Would you push McLean further up the pitch? Um, I'm, I maybe um, maybe you'd bring Mendy in for a game I on just, the left. Just drop McLean. Yeah, I, I, you'll you know, take him out of the firing line for a little bit. I, okay. I mean, he's he's a great player. You can tell that. Can it, can he play somewhere else in this system we got? Do you think? Well, the only or, is he, or can he only play left wing work? Uh, I think he could play. He could play the left side of our midfield free, but then mm. you've got Lee and you've got Davis there as well. So it's a yeah. harder, harder for him to to get into that into that yeah, role. Fair. Okay, um, interesting thoughts. We could see Jordan Davis in for Lee on Tuesday, or maybe we could see Lee getting his fifth booking on Tuesday. Who knows? Uh, Tim, uh, we mentioned on the podcast last week about Stephen. Clutch Fletcher, Stephen Fletcher. <laughs> Can that work? Steve, no. no. <laughs> Stephen Clutcher. Uh, did, so he actually started. Uh, what didn't play a super sub role? Uh, did it work? Mm, nope. No, nope, in a <laughs> nutshell. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he, you know, he sort of flung himself about a bit. I mean, we fed off scraps for large portions of that game. Managed to get on the end of a couple, but sort of pulled one shot quite far wide. Was disappointed with himself. And obviously, land awkwardly later on in the game. Um, I mean, the argument is that he's, he's been asked to do what, what Palmer's been doing so effectively so far this season, which is grinding down the opposition and, you know, trying to see if Mullen can pick up the, the sort of knockdowns from there. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it didn't quite work out for me um, personally, but I, I think you've got to. I know Park is trying to manage all these little niggles because I know. Obviously, Palmer's had knee injuries. Fletcher's had fluid drained off his knee as well. So he's trying to interchange him as best as he can at this point. But I think, for me, we all know that Fletcher at the moment has been very, very, very effective off the bench and, based on Saturday, was least effective starting. So I think you have to revert back to the way it was before Saturday. Mm, yeah, possible. Food for thought, certainly. Um, look Quickly, Liam, Paul Mullin. Hard to tell, I suppose, watching... You don't, I don't think you get the full Paul Mullen experience unless you're there in the flesh and see the work that he does. But is he starting to look back to his best, I think? Yeah, I, I think so. That I mean, it, he's had a couple of chances the game before where I thought he, he should have taken them. But on Saturday, I thought he looked back to his best. I don't think there was much else he could have done to affect the game that he didn't. Um, that header was really, really well taken. And the cross in the build-up from Ryan Barnett really really decent um i think if we can get more balls into the box like that you know our strikers will eat them up all day long so i think he's due a game where he gets two or maybe even three and then people will stop sort of worrying is he back to his best that type of thing he was never going to be straight back into it full froth um but i think he's more than acquitted himself well since he's come back in so all looking good for mr moles Oh, sorry. One thing I would say about Mullin, he got booked really early, which sort of stunts Mullin's game a little bit. So maybe he was sort of thinking, thinking, uh, had that in the back of his mind. I think mean, lucky to stay on. What were you, what did you think? Uh, to me, it looked, it, it looked like a yellow, nothing more. But uh, you know, we were quite, quite far away from it. Hmm. Uh, I was more worried when he went into the hoardings. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in pure Paul Mullin style, he probably thought, you know what. We're under the cosh here a little bit. We need a breather. I'll stay down for a bit. Um, but he's good. He's good at game management stuff like that. I think. Mm. I think Saturday was was very much. It was. They they pressed us so much um, that we couldn't really break free, and I don't think we've got the balance right in midfield to break free from that press at the moment. You almost need like a, a fowler. I mean, remember what Nat, uh, Nat Nat Percival said last week that you know he said Fowler said to him. Where whatever position I'm in, give me the ball and I will open things up. I will break the lines. Um, and we don't have that player at the moment, I don't think. I think Lee's too... I mean, Lee's a forward thinker. Evans is very functional. Um, and James Jones puts the effort in. Uh, but we do lack that sort of real playmaking midfielder who can sort of release the likes of Barnett to to put that cross in to to really break the press I think because uh, I think teams know that if they really press us high they can they can get at us yeah um last word on the men's Tim Sam Dolby contract extension uh one year yeah yeah so be contracted for next season as well 
Happy with that? Uh, indifferent, I guess. I mean, I think you've got to kind of forget that he's only still only 23. He's still got a lot of progressing, a lot of learning to do. I think we, we've kind of seen the, the raw Sam Darby at the moment as opposed to the sort of full, fully-fledged potential that that parking the rest of the, the team in Southend before that seeing him. So he's had, a, he's had a bit of a sketchy start this season. Obviously, we saw what he could do off the bench last week against Salford. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, it's it's one way you kind of, you're building for the here and now, but obviously looking as we go up the leagues, he's, he's, uh, he is one of those players that, that the club are hoping will develop and flourish. And so why not? You know, the potential is there with him. And I think it's important not to, allow a sort of an indifferent start to the season for him to cloud that judgment. So I think, yeah, you know, tie down the young players and everybody has been saying Aaron Hayden hopefully will be next to be pinned down to a, to a longer deal. So fingers crossed. Let's hope so. And let's hope it's a smart bit of business. Good to have Sam on for another year. Right. On to Wrexham women. Uh, 2-1 winner Aberystwyth to maintain their impressive start to life in the Adran Premier League. Uh, the goals today were from Rebecca Pritchard and, of course, Rosie Hughes. And it's actually, uh, Tim, I saw you said, a 99th goal for Wrexham. Um, mm. Good effort. And we're the first team to be Aberystwyth Aver- this season. So uh, she, uh, could, she could have, well, I think she was due to have, a, she thought she had 100th, but I think it was chalked off offside. I can't remember now. Oh, really? Is that, is that 99 in about 40 games? Yeah, the something goal like that. record seems nuts. It's probably ninety nine in about twenty five games. It's just it's bonkers, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. work, life, public poverty, taxes, and Rosie Hughes scoring an obscene amount of goals for Exeter in the life certainties it would seem. But yeah, great, great achievement for them. Um, and they they just really acquitted them acquitted themselves really well to to the top flight and going semi pro was was certainly justified with how they're performing and how they're progressing that division. They've they've taken to it like a like a duck to water. So. Be interesting to see where they end up this season. Yeah, it will, but they seem to have started really, really well. Long may it continue. Um, right, we'll take a not really a break, a, an extended break from us. Uh, later on in the podcast, we'll be previewing, 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 previewing uh, Rex's next uh, two big games, two games this week, of course. But first, Andy. You caught up with another former player recently, another really good talker uh, to rival uh, Nathaniel Knight-Percival. Thank you very much, everyone, for all the feedback on that podcast. It um, seemed to go down really well. I'm glad that people enjoyed it as much uh, as we enjoyed talking to him. Uh, this uh, guest is not only a good talker, but is now apparently an actor. Uh, that shocked us too. Uh, stay tuned to find out more. Here's Andy with him. He was a hometown boy who became a promotion hero. Born in Zambia, he moved to Wrexham, aged 11, and turned out to be a real polymath. Not only could he play in almost any position on the pitch, but he could sing, he dances, he draws. He once took my LDB band's programme, Pen Picks, and made them much better, so he's also a better writer than me. Starting at Man City, he made 38 appearances before joining Wrexham and becoming a mainstay, especially in that 2002-3 promotion-winning side. In fact, 
his run of 140 appearances was only ended by a serious knee injury. But as many ex-pros run pubs or become an agent, this fellow's trajectory was a little bit different. Hopefully we'll hear about that. Welcome to the pod, Jim Whitley. How are you, mate? Hello, Andy. You okay, mate? All good. Yeah. Um, right off, first thing, is there anything you've by the, tried? By the way, that's an introduction and a half, by the way, that is. Oh, oh don't worry, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> Love that. Go oh, on, no, son. we work on the, We craft these, mate. I'm sure Jim Whitley could have done it a bit better, but, you know. <laughs> um, first thing, is there anything you've tried and you just thought, nah, nah, I'm shit at that. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm sure there's pl- plenty along the way. Um, but, yeah, I think I, think I just like n- new skills, anything that's, that's a challenge. And obviously, as I think kids probably don't get this, but when you start new things, it's, you are normally a bit shit at it. And it's just yeah. how, how you grasp it and how you can craft it to your own. And sometimes it doesn't work. But, yeah, I, I do. That's probably why I'm, the things we're going to talk about are so eclectic um, because it's not the norm, really. But um, I, I, do, I do enjoy a challenge. Um, yeah, so I, I take it you play golf, you knit. Yes. You're a great yes. driver. I play <laughs> <laughs> I, I did play golf actually funny fact the golf was my first sport when i was in zambia of course it was. Of course it was. yeah it was when, when we when we were in zambia so we were in school for for seven in the morning and we'd finished by half 12 and then my dad would ended up being a really avid golfer and he would drop me off at the golf course in the afternoon because our school was finished by 12 and i would play golf in the afternoon so i i was playing off i was playing off 10 when i was 10 and then i i Got it down. <laughs> Got it really down. So I, I, I do. I if I could win the lottery tomorrow, I'd probably just go and play golf and and just to turn pro, just for the hell of it, not to make any money, but just to as a tick of a box. Yeah, it was good travel. I mean, I was going to say, do you remember much about Zambia? But you know, obviously, you do. <laughs> you remember the yeah, golf? Yeah, because yeah, we travelled a lot, and then the schooling and everything. Yes, it was a it was a different experience to here. You know. Um, and I, yeah, I do remember. We look; it was a different way of life. We had we had servants and guards and wow, a pool and and um, part of what part of what the, the job my dad had. That's what uh, that's what came with the job. So, so we it was always big big bungalows, and yeah. we were targets for thieves. So thieves would always come trying to break in, and um, so it was different when I moved over to to Wrexham originally because. You know, we're in uh, terraced houses and yeah. So it was it was a total different sh- shock to me. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, look, we always like to think that Wrexham's a welcoming town, and if you know, if you come to Wrexham, I mean, bloody hell, there's a documentary called Re- Welcome to Wrexham. But you know what I mean. We always like to yes, think we're quite, we're quite welcoming. Was that your experience moving a- across? As as was it eleven? Were you? Yeah, I was ten, eleven. I suppose I've not moved anywhere else, and 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 that was that was going to be my home for the next foreseeable future. I, I didn't know how long it was going to be that I was going to be there for. Um, uh, my dad sent me over for schooling, apparently, but I was way ahead in my schooling on on everything. But it was a weird one because yes, I was welcomed, uh, probably because as well because I ended up being good mates with Robbie Savage. Yeah, he was he'd signed for United, and he was a bit of the golden boy at school. Um kids kind of left me alone with that but as every school you know because of my color of my skin they did have a little bit of trouble now and again but it's part and parcel and funny enough funny enough when i was in zambia 
because because my dad's white and my dad used to pick me up from school and my school was predominantly black school i used to get called white names which is, <laughs> which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous you can't um, win so, jim <laughs> no so, so i was kind of i was kind of used to it but I, I, but you know what i i I can't recall having a, a bad time, Rex. And I, I, I had a good time. Met a lot of people, and and um, playing football in particular was a, a big uh, learning curve. I, I never actually thought I'll play football. It was just something I really liked doing, and I got really good at it. Hmm. Um, did you play football in Zambia? Did you always know you had that sort of no that sort of skill? No, we didn't play football in Zambia. I played probably every other sport. From rugby to every athletic game, going to squash, badminton, um, but football we did we didn't we didn't play. Um, there were kids that you'd see playing around with little tiny balls, you know, rubber bands and stuff like that. But I was playing golf. I was in a different sport. All the- <laughs> so no, I didn't play golf. So it was only when I came and and I, and uh, you know when I came to Wrexham and it started going dark at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and we, I didn't know where to go. Golf clubs, and no one else played golf. So the the the, the tops went down at, at school lights. You know, any street lights, and you just kicked the ball. And that's just ended up why what, what I ended up doing. I mean, yeah. Talk talk about Sav a, bit, a little bit. Was he? He was in the same year as you, was he? Yeah. And hmm. you know, obviously he's, you know, he was a good, really good footballer. Um, <laughs> did he sort of introduce you to the game and sort of? take you under the wing that sort of in that sort of way or? yeah yeah he became good mates to me I don't I don't I don't really know why because I'd come I'd come from this kind of uh, a background of 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 big houses and pool and, and I, I didn't have that in Wrexham I moved to you know a very a, a totally different place in Wrexham and um by the time my dad came home in fact we were in this kind of council estate and Sav would walk past the school and come pick me up I say pick me up. He'd come call for me, and we'd yeah, we'd I walk know what you mean. together. Yeah, you know what I mean? Walk. Knock on the door, yeah. and we'd walk together. And but I was quite good at school, so he used to like copying my work. Uh, <laughs> and, but we'd go playing football together, and I was way behind him for playing football. But we just had a we had a good gel together, and I we'd play at any time. We'd kick balls together, and he was incredible at the time playing football oh, I can't tell you how good he was he goes past six seven players with ease um even though he's never known for that as he as his professional career uh, got hold he was known as this tough tackling uh, midfielder which he never ever was he was never a tough tackling midfielder it, not even tough to put it mildly but he was great and and uh, we just had this bond from probably 11 up to 16. And, 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 you know, by the end, I, I signed for City and he, he was at United. But he was he was much loved by a lot of the, the teachers and he, he, he was a good guy to be around. Uh, when when did the hair start growing long? Was that a thing that happened? He always had, he always had it long. Uh, From when I met him, it was long. It was always long. Yeah. He always flicked it over, flicked it over any mirror. He went curtains. Past. Curtains back there, curtains. mate. Yeah, 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 that's curtains. But then, you know, <laughs> the, the hairstyles then started changing and... But he always had it long. He always had it long, always straight. And then, it, and then the curls came in. And he, had, he liked this long, these long locks. And, and, but yeah, he did always have it long. He went short for a bit, which looked weird. But he, <laughs> he obviously went back to the long. He's never, he's never changed. No, I don't think he ever will. Now that's his trademark. Now, absolutely. I was talking. I was, I was going up on the train uh, 
to Stockport on, on, on Saturday and there was a couple of lads who popped on the train. One lad was a couple of years ahead of you in school. It was Bryn Allen, wasn't it? Bryn Allen, yes. I yeah, Bryn yeah. Allen. He said, you were never really known for football in school. You're always known as the artist. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's he, said, interesting. he said he didn't even know you played football until... Yeah, until oh, I, listen, I got into this... I ended up getting the school team because I was quick. I wasn't... There's, there's, you know, there was kids in there that, that, that signed for different teams. And even when I went to... Uh, I played for uh, local teams. There was kids there that were far better. So, no. And in fact, my... my um, my PE teacher said I'd make a better rugby player because I used right. to play rugby, get the ball, run, <laughs> go past yeah, yeah. players, and that that was it. Um, so no, that's surprise. I did I did like my art. There was a guy there called Dale Dale Hughes. He was unbelievable at artwork, and um, I suppose I, he was my level that I wanted to catch. So I, but that's interesting. He said that, yeah, my artwork. Wow. But yeah, no, the football came really late. I was kind of a nobody until then. I just snuck in back door really. <laughs> So yeah, take us through that. I mean, you signed straight for Man City. Was there ever a chance you would you would sign for Wrexham? I know what it's like back there. It depends on who your football team manager is and the links they have. And you know, sometimes it's not always Wrexham. Sometimes you know they're a Man United fan or or something like that, and that's where you get pushed towards. Was that was that yeah, the case with no, City? I, I never had anything with with Wrexham, and uh, um, it it was Shrewsbury that came in for me first, right? And I went on trial. To Shrewsbury, somebody come to watch me, and I went to Shrewsbury and uh, yeah, I had a trial there, and they really liked me and they wanted to sign me. I was buzzing. It's like this is—I've yeah. never even thought I'd even be playing football. And as it happens, my sister lived in Manchester, and I, I told her, and she, um, believe it or not, just looked into the yellow pages and looked for uh, <laughs> looked for a guy called Terry Fowler, who was a youth development officer. She she found his number and. She rang him up and said, look, my brother's going to sign for, for Shrewsbury. Would you would you like to look at him? And they had a trials the following week. So he invited me over and we had a two-day trial. And I probably played about 30 minutes in two games. And um, I was on fire in those games. And I got signed a week after that for Manchester City from Shrewsbury. <laughs> Just bonkers. Absolute bonkers. I don't, I, I'm sure there's a lot of pupils or friends of mine there at the time that just thought, He's gone. How? How? But, you know, because I've, I, it, you probably didn't see it coming. I was getting better. Don't get me wrong. I was getting better. My confidence and everything. My, my. If there was a graph on a scale of how, yeah, how mine was a lot higher than everyone else. So, um, it, it eventually kind of warranted. So I just didn't think. Yeah, Manchester City was amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, they probably saw that though, don't they? They they gauge potential, don't they? But where you are and where you could go to, um, they do it a lot more now. But I'm sure, I'm sure a good youth coach could have could have spotted it then, especially if you told your your backstory that you know you'd only been playing football for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just the work rate and everything else that went with it. But everything just, you know, they they say football is you, you've got to be in the right place at the right time. I was lucky; every touch I did was magnificent. <laughs> every ball I played, they kept so. You know, it was only a two-day trial, so yeah, I did, I did well, and um, that's that is that is football for you. You win some, you lose some, and I, 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 I hit it right at that that right time. Um, what 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 was your position there then? Was it? Were so you I played centre, I played centre mid. Funny enough, I signed. <laughs> so I played centre mid, got in as centre mid. My first game for for City, I played up front. Right. 
just bizarre. I was like, why, why, why? Are you, just, you just watch me play centre mid, but that's just that's football. They see they might they may see you in a in a different position. And I used to like to not dribble, but I, I had a turn of pace in midfield, I suppose, with with the ball. And they maybe thought you could do that further upfield and maybe get goals. So it was an experimental period, and I, for a, for a long time, I really liked playing up front because I didn't know what I was doing. It's only actually when it's only actually yeah, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. No one could read me. It was only actually when I started getting coached and they wanted me to do certain things. I kind of lost my head. I didn't know what the hell I was doing in the end. So ended up yeah. back into midfield. But um no, all all uh yeah, just a a, a weird merry-go-round. Um, because I started at left back at, uh, uh, when I was at Wrexham. So probably because the only position they can give me because I wasn't that good. And um I kind of then progressed through kind of the ranks and in the midfield so yeah Let, let's sort of let's sort of touch on Wrexham and how you sign now just just to go back for it City debut at 22 so a little bit late maybe yeah. I know I know you struggle with injuries quite a mm. bit uh, I mean obviously putting your, your body through that rigour if you're not used to it it is gonna it is gonna catch up with you a little yeah bit. but also also um, Manchester City were in a uh, a stage where they got rid of managers every year, yeah. relentless managers. And when you're a youngster coming through, all managers want to look at is who they can use in the first team. So they look at yeah. who's previously played. If you've not played in the first team, you kind of push to one side. And okay. so a lot of the time I, I got into the reserves, started doing well, manager gets sacked, new manager would come in, you're at the reserves because they were needed to look at ex-first teamers. And it just took a while, and it, and and I was playing well at the time. And I remember going to uh, it was Frank Clark, and I asked to leave because I said I'm 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 doing so well, but I'm not progressing. And it was probably that little push that um, he then offered me a new contract. I thought, well, okay, that's a bit weird. Um, and shortly after that, I I got my I got my debut. Which so incredible. Yeah, thirty-eight appearances over over a, a long sort of period. What sort of sort of made you sort of think, you know what, I need to sort of maybe move on a little bit now to really sort of nail down a career. Well, I made my debut, and I, I was I was brilliant at the beginning of it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I was um, young player of the year at Manchester City that year, and I went from playing regularly to to being dropped. But I did have a, a hamstring injury, which which kept me out I'd say I'd probably say two years trying to come back oh wow well this time when you're at a big club they don't wait for you some you know there's probably another two players now that are brought, uh, brought in and so my, my appearance is limited and I'm, I'm a bit gutted with that because I probably deserved more than that from what I was doing I was playing really well like I say mm. I'm on the even that as an accolade to be young player of the year at Manchester City is, is phenomenal for me something I'll always take um my grave um so i should have played a lot more games should have played but this is this is football and injuries and i managed to have a long stint at Wrexham, but again injuries were, were yeah. stopped to hampered me on that front as well but uh, but looking back at it now because of the injuries I, I run around like a nutter now i can kick balls no problem <laughs> which is maybe so well. yeah time yeah, for a comeback so, I can say I'm running around now. I'm kicking more balls now than I did when I was 30. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so maybe those injuries have have helped the longevity of my uh, of my legs. 
Yeah, I mean, suppose, yeah, you, you probably only played about 220, 230 games overall, yeah. something like that, yeah. first team, yeah. So, when you look at it like that, I'm yeah. I'm in good nick at the moment, just compared to some... <laughs> some... <laughs> right, come on, next five aside, you're on my, you're on my uh, team. Absolutely, mate, no problem. I'll be there. I'm always um, up for a game. So, signing for Wrexham, I'm always interested in the mechanics of this. Did you have an agent at the time? I know Dennis Smith had just come in, He's he was looking at bringing people people in to suit suit the way he wanted to play it. Um, yeah, did, did it come through your agent? Did you sort of have other offers and think, you know what, going sort of home, that might be a well, better option for me? So what, what had happened was I, I'd been alone to Norwich and I was going to sign for Norwich. We'd agreed terms at Norwich and it was more or less a done deal. I just hadn't signed the contract. And... Weeks before, just three or four weeks before, I thought I should have signed the contract by now. Um, a new chairman had come in and they they changed it. They were after different players. Uh, and so that fell through. And I eventually spoke to Flinny. It was Flinny who, who, who spoke to my agent. I did have an agent at the time. Mm. It was Brian Flynn who, who invited me. And I got there and again, talked to him. Uh, we agreed terms. I thought, okay. And I know Darren Ferguson was there. I thought, actually, we, we could be going places here. And then he got sacked. Mm. And next thing, I didn't have a club in the beginning of the season. I was like, this is weird. I was all with the agent saying, what the hell's happening? And, of course, Dennis Smith came in, and he must have known what had just happened with, with myself. And so he recontacted me. And I went back. <laughs> Not the same wages I was offered the first time round. <laughs> <laughs> But but I thought, you know what, I just need to play. And I I, I ended up playing a sign for Wrexham. And again, that first season, I was player of the season, the first season. Mm. And I was speaking to my agent going, surely I've got a move from that because I was, yeah, I was I was playing very, very well. Um, and and it's the times where you look back and think, what, what was, my agent didn't do what he probably signed up to. Yeah. Uh, mm. And so I didn't get moved, and I ended up saying, "Look, no, it's nothing against Wrexham. It's just as a footballer, you you want to play at the highest level at the no, time." I understand that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just how it, how it was, and and I was playing really well. But Wrexham at the time weren't the type of club who could then offer you a big contract. It's just mm. well, it doesn't wasn't how it worked, and um, but I ended up staying, and I yeah, I had some good times there. Yeah, I mean, just look for the first season. So when Dennis came in, there was a bit of an upturn in form. Obviously, you you were playing centre mid then, I think, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did he put you right back for, for a yeah, stint? Yeah, I went, yeah, went full back. But I'll tell you yeah. what, great position. I, I I probably didn't like playing full back, but when I look at... So I used to drive an hour to Wrexham. I, yeah. I'd play, I'd play midfield, often doing Darren Ferguson's running for him. Yeah, someone has to. Anyone else's, and I'd drive home. And I, when I used to get home, I, I'd probably struggle walking, going to going to my door. It's like that's just that was every Saturday, even a midweek. I went to fullback, and I'd drive home, and I'd get out and probably sprint to the front door. I had that much energy. I thought, wow, if I had played fullback, because <laughs> I was fit, because I was fit, but I wasn't yeah. doing the same amount of running as I was in midfield, and I just felt I was like, wow. The lads used to call me funny enough because when I when I went to fullback, my my kit wasn't dirty a lot of the time at the end of the game, right? Because I've just I've gone from midfield to just like oh I can bring the ball down here, and they used to call me Rolls Royce for a bit because oh. it was it was almost 
yeah, I'd, my kit wasn't dirty. I'd bring the ball down in the six-yard box or something because I knew no one's behind me. So it it was a it was a nice position, and uh, yeah, he gave me that opportunity. And um, but I would have played anyway. Do you know what I mean? When you're in the first team, you play whatever just to to do a job for the team. So centre mid, that's the hardest position to play, yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, for 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 the ones people who don't know, Colin Bell used to tell me Colin Bell, who's arguably one of yeah. the Legend. Best players in Manchester City are led, yes. He always used to say to me when I was 15, when I was just signed, he said the engine room is, the, the midfield is, is what they call the engine room. Yeah. It, it's what it what ticks everything. When everything's going well, no one looks in the engine room. It just, it, everything ticks. It's when things go wrong, that's when you end up opening the boot and having a look on it and having a look and you know what's happening. Um, but the engine room is the toughest. Box to box, back then, that was your role. You go box yeah. to box. You help out anyone that needs needs help. And so, yes, physically, uh, it it was the harder position. And often, when you go on any runs, midfielders were the were the best runners. It's just that, as it was. Maybe a bit different now because uh, of interchanging positions. You need to know how to play in different positions. Um, but back then, midfielders always the fittest. So just looking at that season, I know things were starting to go wrong off the pit, off the off the field. I don't know how insulated or how much you knew about that, but there was a chairman, Price Griffiths, who'd been there for ages. There was a sort of a changing of the baton. Um, we didn't really I'm trying to get the chronology chronology on this right, but we didn't really know who we were selling to. There was a few sort of suitors. Um, it ended up a relegation. Um, relegation was actually confirmed with a five nil win against Cambridge, I think. Uh, That's right. Yeah, didn't Lee Jones get all five of them? Yeah, he scored. That's did he get all? Did he get all five? I think he wow. did. I, I, I can remember. He was on fire because I remember him coming and he was. He just kept scoring. Yes, I can remember. Yeah, it was a bad season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we knew there was stuff happening in the background. Um, obviously, it went to possibly the wrong person in the end. Yeah. Got to men. I don't think it was a possibly a bad issue. <laughs> oh dear! And that's when it. You know, things were going wrong, but it's actually when it changed hands for us, that's when it became a reality because we stopped getting paid. You know, you'd yeah. wait for two, three months, four months before you got paid. The PFA would step in and help out whenever they could, but it was just a bad time in football. It's a terrible, terrible time to play football because ultimately you're there to show off your your skills to the fans and you're there to, to try and do as well as you can. But when there's things lurking in the background and... and taking hold it, it, it that becomes quite difficult and fans often don't know that but yeah that was a difficult time at Wrexham very difficult I mean I know you said that you you were perhaps looking to see if there was anything available I mean in the end you didn't move on the next season you come in we're in we're actually in league two or what is league two now the probably yeah. division division three there I think it was probably probably called um did you look around at that sort of pre-season and think Ah, uh, we could go up here. There's enough here. Yeah, because I, I, I travelled to a few clubs on loan, and you get to know a dressing room. Normally, when you walk into dressing room, you know, over experience, you begin to know what's a good dressing room, what's a bad dressing room. When I say a bad dressing room, it could just be a lot of bad eggs who who, who just who, who have other things on their mind. It could be bad dressing room because they don't like the manager, but they could have a lot of skill in them. Like, you know, players often dictate who they want as managers. It's, you know, they, they might give 90% instead of 100% because they want to manage to go. And watching that team progress and watching them on a skill level, I used to think, this is a good 
good team. They had a good balance of players, some older, some younger, uh, good experience. And uh, ultimately, you do need that when you're going for promotion or anything like that. You know, like likes of Leo Trundle that we're playing. You, know, you just think, how the hell is he here? Yeah. So unbelievably skillful players. And um, uh, yes, it was it, some very good players in there. Very good. I just want to ask you about one, Andy Morell. What the hell happened to him that pre-season? He'd, he's, he'd been around the club for probably about four or five years and you know, struggled to really nail down a, a place. And then yeah. all of a sudden, that season, he was on absolute fire. I think he got 34 goals, didn't he, by the end yeah. of it? And couldn't That's stop right, him. yeah. We worked a lot on... He was always a very good header of the ball. Very good header of the ball. He could jump. And so we started to play on that. Dennis Smith would would use that a lot more. And I think because he was doing a lot of that, he he, he got confident. He got some headers with, with for goals. And... Just the way we played. But again, this is what I talk about luck in football. You have one season, oh, you made a few million move out of that. And this yeah. is this is football. But yes, you think what's happened? He obviously got the service, the right players around him, the wingers to cross the balls and Carlos Edwards, probably Hector Sam that was there that would feed balls to him. It, it, Trundle, it was just a, a, a good blend. I think Paul Edwards was playing as well at one point. He, he was, was yeah. again, ripping. ripping. You, you'd find out what he was going to do. And he Andy was just in the right place at the right time. So... Uh, a bit of luck in football, as as, as as how it is. Um, we do this thing on the podcast. Uh, it's called the fearless moment. It's um a moment where maybe it's a moment that struck you that made you most proud to play for Wrexham. It could be a match. It could be in a, a a single moment. It could be something that happens on and off the pitch. Is there anything that sort of springs to mind on that? Well, probably one of my one of my biggest memories. It was, um, and it's obviously, it was a goal against Cambridge. I scored the left foot, half, half volley, probably from about 25 yards. It had been taken from a corner. It got knocked out and I came onto it. And first time? First time. Left foot. Yeah. Technique was out, out of this world. I'd Even if you think for it, yourself. <laughs> I, yeah, it was because left foot is, you know, you, you swing at it. And I'd worked a lot at my left foot and, uh, yeah, I hit that. That's that's one I remember personally for Wrexham. But there was a lot. The promotion was huge. Promotion. Mm. Oh, no, no, I'll tell you one other moment. We When we turned up, we needed to win the game. And Lee Trundle didn't, wasn't there because he'd been in trouble yeah. with the police. And I, I remember thinking, what? We need him. Yeah. I, the dressing room was a bit like, he, he was a big player for us, Lee Trundle just yeah. a, a monster up front and I do remember that being a bit of a oh my word what has happened um, as it happens he was fine and, and nothing happened with the allegations and he, he was he went on to move but those are the those are the ones that kind of stick in if we, if we hung around longer it's probably more would, would come into my head but um, yeah and, and there's certain games that I played that I remember thinking I'd, you know coming back from injury and stuff like that but yeah they're, they're the main ones well, what I want to do sort of quickly is, and I know I sort of mentioned this at the top, that we once did pen program pen picks, which was you going through your teammates. You had a bit of a nickname and then you had a little line about them. We, we never did it about the 2002-2003 team. Let's do it quickly now. You don't have to come okay. up with nicknames, but just like a little, okay. if there's a nickname that pops into your mind, that's fair enough. Let's just okay. go through because it's such an iconic team. And yes, people love to reminisce about it. So first in goal, Andy Dibble. What a character he was. 
unbelievable character. Dibs I was with at Manchester City. We once did some running around the lake where he was so bad at the running, he jumped in the lake and swam across to the other. <laughs> and next thing, we found him leading the race. We were like, what the hell? <laughs> We've had him on. We've had him on. He's nuts. He's, he's nuts. I think most goalkeepers are. Dibs was Dibs. Great pair of hands. And I think a, a massive st uh, uh, stature when he came in at Wrexham. Yeah. Um, if we go through the back line, um, I think we've got got uh, Brian Carey sort of anchoring it in the centre. What I mean, Brian must have been another part of your uh, your carpool. scary Carey, scary yeah. Carey, we called him. Yeah, he, he, shout, he, he shouted at everyone. He looked like he wanted to kick. He wanted to fight everyone if you were if it wasn't going right. But massive experience, been around, done it at United. Big man at the back, knew how to play, knew how to win the ball, would go through you if he needed to go through you. And um, you needed someone out of the back, especially at that level. And he was he was fantastic. He was my, uh, we had a little driving school, Brian Carey, uh, Darren Ferguson, we'd all travel in together. Yeah. Um, what did you play? When it was your turn, what was the, what was the, what was the music? Was it all old fashioned uh, Vegas show tunes or? Yeah, no. <laughs> Vegas show. I'd get caned if I tried to play Vegas show. <laughs> um, who was in charge of the music then? Probably Dan, Daz probably was was in charge of the music and we'd have all kinds of from a bit of rap to anything loud. It was just something in the background that you needed. Different today, I think people played uh, certain bits of music for, to wrap them up, but we just needed something in the background and uh, I think Daz was in charge of it back then. Darren Ferguson, rap Rap enthusiast. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Put yeah, that yeah. A bit of everything. He had a bit of eclectic mix, and but it was a bit more of a collective. Somebody, if somebody wanted to chuck something in, they they could do. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just just one person. It's a bit, yeah. yeah, which is different. So let's look at the back of that. It's because it was a it was a three five two, wasn't it? So I think mostly mm -hmm. Steve Roberts played on on the right that season. Uh, what was he Robert. like? He's another one. He's after your crown as uh, as Mr. Artistic, isn't he? Yeah, he's into that at the moment, isn't he? He does quite a lot yeah. of that, actually, yeah. No, Robert was very calm on the ball. He, and Dennis Lawrence turned him into a very good player, to be honest with you. He he, he became quite pivotal, calm on the ball. He was he could ping a ball. Um, probably not the the toughest, not like a Brian Carey. Brian Carey no. would go through a wall. He wasn't like that. But it was a nice blend with Bry and him together. Um, a, a bit of a gentleman, to be honest with you. Mm. Lovely, lovely, lovely guy. You wouldn't think he played football because he was lovely, such a nice man. Um, but but good player, yeah, good player. Nice men can play football, Jim. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, right, left hand side of that, big big Den Den Lawrence. Um, Den Lawrence. I've got a lot of time for Dennis. You know, uh, there's a love Den. measure of a man. Love Den. You know, with his height, uh, everyone expect him to win balls, but. He was all. He, he was still learning the game, and mm. would would use any any time he could to improve in training, try and do bits extra. But Den was just one of those characters we loved in the dressing room. Everyone loved Den, and he became a bit of a. I mean, he's, he's he's now doing a lot on the coaching side, but he was um, when he spoke, you you listened. I know there's been a little Trinidadian twang, but whenever he spoke, he just had a he, he made sense. And um, 
and obviously Bry was probably the, the the captain leader at the time, but Den was was there thereabouts. Or was it Darren Ferguson the captain? But Den was. Uh, yeah, I think of, it was Bry most. Bry, yeah. But, yeah, but Den was there as a as a leading figure. Yeah, fantastic. I can't speak highly enough of Big Big Den. Brilliant. So it's compatriots on the right, Carlos Edwards, who's a bit lucky to get in the team, actually, because you remember the first game of the season, Scunthorpe away, it was Wayne Phillips who'd been picked to play right wing back. Yeah, and God. and then and then he got injured, and that really opened the door for, for, for Carlos. I tell you what, Again, he did not let anyone down, did he? Carlos, yeah, because in training sometimes he was he, he, he had this almost lazy way about him and, and it took him a while to get into the first team because it, he didn't have that kind of work ethic. But I tell you what, once he got in, his pace was was unbelievable. You never saw it because he was a bit lazy on that front. But once he knew he could use it, well, Carlos was a different breed altogether. He was a, he was fan. I could give him the ball and go and sit down for five minutes whilst <laughs> he had it. <laughs> he was a fantastic player. And um, he, he got his, his, his moves because of his... He played on the pitch. He was fantastic at the time for us. Fantastic, Carlos Edwards. Um, on the other side, another Edwards, Paul Edwards. This was a okay. signing that came under the radar. I didn't know much about him, but he complimented the way that Dennis wanted yeah. to play well, didn't he? Yeah, he wanted the wingers. And Eddie, Eddie was a different type of wing. I mean, technically, he probably wasn't the best at crossing the ball, but you, you, he would run at a player. I don't care who you were. He's, he's running at you. And he would cause havoc. And he would get he was a bit of these old school who would drive to the to the line and pull it back. And this is where the likes of Andy Morell and Lee Trenner would know where he would go. He wasn't one who was going to hit it 50 yards of the back stick. You knew where he'd get. And so if you knew what your player was doing, it, it, it's happy days. And again, yes, you could give him the ball and you could have a breather with him. Dane, both of them dangerous. Both wingers, old school, will run at your fender. It was, it, it, good players at the time. Brilliant. Yeah. Did you have to, because those two were bombing on so much, did you have to sort of do much covering for them? Was that your sort of role in, in the team? Yeah, I mean, I ended up running. Like I said, <laughs> Daz was in there, so I ended up doing a lot of running for Daz. But it, back then it was, you you almost took turns. If Daz right. had been on the run and, and he's, I, I'm covering for him, by the time he's recovering to come back, if, if, they, if we attacked again, it might be me to go because he needs a breather. So it's just how it works in football. And if you've got that blend of going forward and back, then great. But he was obviously one who could pick a pass going forward, Darren Ferguson. He was very, very good at that. He didn't have any pace with it. So, uh, you know, we'd always back up if, if he was against someone. But it was just that great blend where you have in a team. You don't need the best players in the team all the time. If you've got a good blend together as a team, you'll go far. Yeah, so Darren, I mean, obviously, what a left foot. I mean, you sort of think, should he be playing at a higher level? But you're right. I think it was the pace aspect that really, yeah, that, that really that's, hurt that's, him. Yeah, without a doubt, it slowed him down. But he, he, uh, vision wise, and you, the, a lot of players can see things. And we we talk, people talk uh, about De Bruyne and what he sees on the pitch. There's a lot of players can see the same thing, but there's a difference in seeing the same thing that actually executing what you see. Yeah. At times I'd look up, I'd see a pass, and I think I can't play that. I'm not good enough to play that into that little hole I can see. I'd, I'd love to. Whereas the Bruins and Fergusons actually could could play that. And then there's also that that um, the belief that if it didn't 
if it didn't get there, Darren Ferguson still thought, I'm still the best player here. It doesn't matter. So, if whereas another player, if you give it away, might be, oh dear. Uh, the, the head might Fans, go a little bit. Yeah. Whereas Darren, he could give 10 passes away, give me the ball again. He didn't, he didn't phase him one bit. And and that is, that's big to take on as a player. I mean, he was fantastic to play with in it. In that engine room was obviously you, was obviously Darren, who were mainstays. Now there was Paul Barrett and and, and Ozzy, Steve Thomas, who sort of failed a little bit. Yes. Uh, but the player who really came in and helped you towards the end was Scott Green. Scott Green. Greeny. Yeah. yeah. It's is experience. He... Just yeah. experience. It's calm on the ball. There's a, diff- there's a big difference. Slowing the player, slowing the pace down when it needs to. But again, he could put a foot in. He could put a foot in. Back in the day, if you're in midfield, you needed to be able to put a foot in. You need to look after yourself. And Scott Green had one of these faces that had been yeah. through the mill. A couple of teeth missing here and there. The green. I love Greeny. Me and Green is great. So I can talk to him about this. But yes, <laughs> he, uh, he, he's, he would he'd go through a brick wall. And um, if he's coming behind you, you need to watch it because you could be left hurt. But you needed it in midfield. And yes, he, he could pass a ball. And the three of us in there with the experience, it, 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 it worked very, very well. And um, yeah, it was a very good midfield. Obviously, the Aussie and, and um, Paul Barrett that came in, would always bring in legs as well. Yeah, uh, you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ozzy had fantastic technique in, in passing. So he brought something different in there as well. But uh, yeah, a good blend of, of players. Very good blend. I, I know we've touched on them, but the front two were absolutely brilliant that that, that season, weren't they? Uh, I mean, just, you know, Trundle, he can still do it now. I don't know if you saw, he went across to, to America and did like a... Yes. Uh, at yeah. all, you could get yourself on that if, uh, yeah, no, I was next. probably too old. <laughs> no, I saw but, that, I saw Trons. He was, I remember, he looks when I a first beast as well. Club. You see how big he is, yeah, oh, he's a beast. He's, he's on the weights, he's definitely doing a bit in there, trying to impress his girlfriend. I think that's what he's doing, <laughs> but no, I, I love Trons. But I do remember when I went first went to Rex and just thinking, this guy's trying things that I've never seen being tried before on a pitch. And I used to think, how are you not at a higher level? Him and, and Hector Sam used to do things. I used to think, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing on a pitch? But Truns, wow. Wow, he could hold the ball up. He could hold two or three players off his back. Him with back to goal, you're dang- he's very dangerous. And he did that. And you, I knew what he was going to do because I'd seen it in training. And it was like, here it is. He's going to roll the ball here. It's going to little sidestep, whack it in. But it's his ability to, 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 to hit the ball so hard in with with bend into the corner he had no fear i know that's because he came from non-league because he never used to stretch we'd go we'd go warm-ups you never would you just get a ball out and lash it straight into the net i'd pull a muscle doing that and um, <laughs> that's just that's just from the background he came in but he was a, a phenomenal player and then Andy morell he was a finisher incredible finisher and an exceptional header of the ball mm. exceptional um and with the two of them Bring in your two wingers that like to get to the byline and cross it. Get a Darren Ferguson that wants to feed little balls into it. It becomes it becomes quite dangerous. And uh, you know, with me and Greeny in there to pick up bits that went along and keep the pressure on it, it it, it, it just had a lovely uh, blend of players and it and it just worked for that season. You know what? It's still my favorite. I know we got. We, I know we went up. Um, obviously, last season with the likes of Mullin. 
but That's it's right. still my it's still my favorite team. It's yeah, still I the team the, I, I sort of look look back on yeah, and I, think I, you I, had everything. Yeah, I, I look back and I go that that was a yeah, it was a very good team all around. A very good team. No, I, I'm I'm with you. Good good blend. Um, we had the camaraderie. Uh, Dennis Smith had just come in. It was just everything was was in the mix and it, and it worked well. Yeah. I mean, we'll sort of gloss over the next season. You know, we, we come up, we're 13th. It's a blow losing Trendle and Morel because you have to sort of start again. Uh, one player who did come in, Chris Armstrong, who was another Wrexham lad. Uh, yeah. Did you know him at all? Did you, you know, no, I know you I said didn't. you never played that much, but. No, I didn't know him at all. And he came to the ground and he showed signs of brilliance. Um, but the problem is when you come from a bigger club, Sometimes to motivate yourself at lower club is quite difficult, and I think he found it quite tough at times to to bring that form that he had from Spurs and wherever else he'd been. It was like, come on, Chris, you bet you can do better than this. At times it was almost like, well, I can't. But he was again an experienced player, very experienced player. It was just he had big. Look, he was at a big club, but yeah, when you had the when you had the Trons and Morels who were just knew each other well, the wingers knew each other well. It's hard to come in and, and, and pick up from how good they were. Um, but yes, he came in, tried, tried to do the job, and he did bits at the times. And did Lee Jones come in at that point as well? I think, uh, so I think Jones is already in. I think he was there for the season in. before because That's the right. strikers you had were, were, were Jonah, Hector Sam, who is every, every time we talk to someone about Hector, he's just, he's just nuts. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what he could have achieved if he actually uh, wanted to, who knows? But, you know. Incredible talent, incredible talent. Uh, but you see along the way, so at 15, 16 kids at, at City, you think, oh my God, they are unbelievable. It just, it just didn't go to fruition. And, and But yeah, he had amazing talent. And um, yeah, it's sad that he didn't do more with it. But uh, yes, so we had Chris Armstrong, like you said. Yes, he, he was there. Yeah, good lad though. Very good lad. Yeah. I mean, my only other sort of question on that season, which, you know, it wasn't a classic by, by anyone really. If you'd have kept Trundle and Morel, do you think you would have had a chance to to, yeah. to kick on again and maybe yes. maybe try go for league, you know? Without promotion? a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. The, the, the highs from that promotion would have taken us through the same team, without a doubt. They were huge. They were huge to us. And, um, but as footballers go, you have to move on, go wherever you, wherever you need to go. So, yeah, that, that was big blow. Yeah. So the season after, things are just still not great after the after the pitch. Injuries are starting to bite you a little bit. Um, yeah. I think you missed periods of the, the beginning of the, of the beginning of the season, a few weeks here, a few weeks there, yeah. when you've been ever present basically for for so long. No. And then on January the twenty fifth, I think you have quite a big injury and it puts you out for about nine months, I think, was it? Yeah, knee, I pulled knee a injury. thigh, I think. It was also, yeah, of course, the fact. So first one was my thigh. I popped, I just, I remember running, running my, my, it's like someone had shot me in my thigh. I just remember thinking, what the hell is that? And I pulled the muscle. And it's only over time that I realised that I, I took a long time. I got really bad scarring. So for anyone at home listening to this, it's like, so I, I, I always say it's like a, it's like an elastic band. If you if you cut the elastic band and, and replace it with a little bit of string, you, mm. you can't pull the elastic band the same with that little piece of string in. And I used to get that kind of scarring. And it just took me a long time to get 
rid of that starring so that it was nice and malleable and you could pull like the so my first the first one was the thigh which just I was like it, you know every time you come back it was something and then the knee injury yeah I had a knee injury I also had a, I had an ankle I had a surgery on my ankle I can't remember when that was now in the timing but the knee was bad I had a uh, a microfracture, a double microfracture done on my knee, which would eventually take me out of, um, of football. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's very frustrating time coming back, knowing it's not quite right. But you can't tell the fans that when you're on the pitch. No, like I said, yeah, you know, you just want to play and think, come on, get, get past it. And it's the, it's the most. It's, and I, I also I often talk to fans about this. That, I could probably say in my whole career, in my whole career, I, I could maybe say I was fit, fully fit. Maybe on one hand I could count that, possibly two. But when I say fully fit, where you're on the pitch and there's nothing wrong with you, you feel yeah. magic. But there's normally somebody stood on you in training, someone's giving you an elbow, you've had a dead leg or this, and you're just going onto the pitch going, oh, I just need to warm up, run this off. And that happened the majority of games. Just part of football, going on and playing with a bit of pain or something, and so this was just another. I've had a knee injury. I'm like, it's just come on, let's let's run this off because that's just what you always did. Yeah. And um, uh, but unfortunately, that was it was too much of a run. I couldn't run it off. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's the same in football now? That do you think like the science is so much better that they can sort of look at stuff like this or or They'll look after them better. They look yeah. after him better, you know. Wrexham, if you're half fit, you're playing. Mm. It will strap you up. You're playing. We didn't have enough players there at the time. I think now, yeah, it's moved on. It's the, the kind of sponge and bucket has, has changed now. <laughs> Get the sponge and bucket onto the knee. That'll be, you know, that's changed. And, and uh, there's a lot more in technology. So I think there's better ways now that people can look after themselves and get themselves fit. So, which is good for the player, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and each individual heals differently, I, I find out. Mine just took a little bit longer than everyone else's. Yeah. I, I know you were sort of injured for, for a lot of it, but there were some very interesting players coming in, coming through the door. I know what you sort of alluded to it there. I mean, Dennis was using every trick in the book to get people in. Uh, I want to talk about two sides, of, two sides even of a Spanish coin. On one oh. side, we've got Juan Ugarte, and on the other side, we've got Xavi Valero. Do you remember him? Xavi Valero? Yeah. No, he I played. I remember Juan Ugarte. Oh, the keeper. Yeah, the keeper. Oh. He, had, he had about two games. I think he let in five in one, uh, oh. and then we got pulled off at halftime. Oh, uh, yeah. No, he doesn't stick to my mind that much, to be honest with you. in no. my bloody mind, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. But you remember no, your he... plan, yeah? Juan was a wonderful finisher. I don't know how, where he got him from. I, I just remember him coming in going, wow, silky in the box. Yeah, he finished. He did well. The fans liked him, didn't they, Juan? Oh, yeah. I mean, he scored, he scored a lot of goals, especially away from home. Well, what was he like to play with, though? Because I can imagine he didn't really do a lot of running. No, no, he didn't do much running. But that was his kind of game. Just leave me in the box kind of thing. And I'll, I'll do bits in the box. You know, even today's game now, you need to be able to run, you need to work hard. But um, Juan, you made up with the goals, you know. That's, yeah. He wasn't running much, he was getting goals. And yeah, he was a big okay. hit, Juan. 
Big hit, Juan. Yes, good yeah. lad. Yeah. Um, another one who came in was Ben Foster. You probably never played with him just because you... you yeah, were, I played with Ben Foster. Injury. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I played. I did. did I, I remember playing. I remember thinking, what good hands. He, he did. He stood out. When he came for a cross, he didn't punch it or do anything. So he caught it. And I remember thinking, Jesus, no one does that. For, for somebody who had a shot, he would catch it. And it was like, wow, he was incredible. And I remember Darren Ferguson actually calling his dad up and saying, you need to have a look at this kid. Mm. And as it happens, he, he did come and have a look at him. And that's that's where he went. But yeah, I did play with him. Wonderful goalkeeper. And just yeah. quite 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 quickly, he realised he was he was better than a lot we've had. Yeah. Um, what do you remember what your memories of the LDB Vans trophy? Because obviously it's still a big, still big thing for us. It's a major trophy. I don't think you were fit to, to play. No, with... I was with, yeah, I went with the team. I was there. We did a lot for the programme. I, I did a lot of this, this stuff for it. So I was, I was there with the team again. Yeah, I was gutted. I was, well, I don't know what injury I had at the time, but yeah, I, I was there and um, joined in all the celebrations and everything. But um yeah, couldn't play in that one. Uh, yeah, for a little knock. But yes, it was. Uh, yeah, luckily enough for me, I was still part of the team. What well, you know, someone like Manchester City, you probably wouldn't be part of the team at all when you go along. But I, I was lucky enough to still be part of it and and, and go along and enjoy it. Did you wear a big uh, red curly wig like the uh, like? I, <laughs> I remember, I can remember Carlos in one. I've seen I've seen Dennis Lawrence in one. Andy Holt, the guy, Andy Holt, of course, Holty. Yes, we used to drive in together, Holty. Uh, yes, no, I didn't have the. I, I probably because I didn't play, I didn't. Right. It didn't warrant it, you know. But I. Um, <laughs> and yeah, also, I, it was I, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it did look ridiculous. Um, but no, good times, very good times. Um, right, um, we're going to go into the final season, and then we'll sort of talk about uh, mm. about. What, what you're doing now. I mean, to be honest, well, won the LDB bands, first team to get a points deduction, went back down again to, to what is now League Two. Um, you were very stop-start that season. I, I oh, think the main is. injury, I might have got the, the time round slightly wrong here. I think that your main injury was against Rochdale uh, in that January. Um, yeah, because... I think... Yeah, I didn't play much. Once I had my knee injury, I didn't, I didn't play much. Um, so yes, maybe my thigh injury is the one beforehand yeah. um, that kept me out. But yeah, this was this was the knee, and it was it was just really bad. Going up and down stairs was sore. Pushing my clutch in was sore. I was just like, this is wow. I was like, I can't get rid of this. And um, so I went and had a. Um, I went to see the consultant, and he. I had two spots on my knee that needed fixing, and it was called a, a microfracture. And I had a double microfracture. You only normally have one, but I, I had two. I had this double microfracture and I had to wear this brace, which meant I couldn't put weight on it or, or I couldn't bend it. Normally, I have one or the other. And um, I, I tried to come back from this. And I swear to God, it felt like I had he'd left a drill bit in my knee. I was like, what is that? I was like, what is that? Of course, I went back and he, he had a look at it, scanned it again. And he said the injuries healed up. He said I'd give it a 9 out of 10. But the, 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 the drill where he'd bored into my knee that had scarred really badly. Right. So back I, the scarring what, thing. Yeah. The scarring thing again. And I was like, geez. So I was trying to get rid of some massage, just trying to get rid of, but the actual knee had healed so well. 
And so that I was trying to get rid of that. And by this time, I think my contract had come to an end. Wrexham couldn't offer me anything to keep me at the club. And I kind of left the club. No hard feelings there. No, no, it's just my injuries. I just, and it's just, it's how it is. I just, I just remember thinking, I can't even go. I can't, I couldn't even go to trial somewhere because my knee still wasn't right. I think maybe now, I don't know if they'd look after you a bit more. I don't know. At a big club, they would perhaps. Um, but it, it's how it was. And, and then, you know, I kind of fizzled out the game. I never actually retired. I just kind of fizzled out. And, so were you a fit again I, within like six months and just sort of... No, probably... Could... No, probably... When I say fit again, I didn't bother running that much afterwards. I was like, I can't. I'd gone into a different molding, singing... Uh, I, I was happy not to have pain in the mornings when I used to, you know, you know I told you about we always have pain, you always train with something. Yeah. So, so it was quite nice not to have that. But um, no, the running only came in maybe, I, I, I hated the game after that. I didn't I didn't like watching the game or anything. So I kind of just fizzled out that for about four or five years. And then my son was getting older and I used to start playing with him. And uh, by this time, I don't know how, how long, but my, my knee was great. Mm. And I started kicking the ball with him, and uh, and I just went from there. And like I said, now I do a lot of private coaching, and I'm kicking and running around. You'd never think a knee injury put me out. It's it's, it's ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Um, but I do know that's just how my body heals. Um, um, but that's just how football goes and injuries. I shouldn't have. I think I was thirty, maybe thirty or thirty-one. Thirty-one. I think you just 31. turned thirty-one. Yeah, I still no had age. more in the game. I still had more in the game because I was a fit lad. I still, you know, even if I dropped into back into fullback, I, I would have played for a long time. But mm. um, but that's just that's how the cookie crumbles and that's football for you. So, what is it like to retire at that age? Did you have a plan? I mean, you said you didn't, you weren't really. I mean, a lot of people. No. When, yeah, a, a lot of people when they come out for a club, they better right. I need to get back into it. But but you you say you didn't miss yeah. it. Hated yeah. it when I came out. Um, different now. I've got my A for B badge. I'm looking to maybe get my A for A license, just for something to have. But at the time, normally I think as a footballer you would go back into the coaching and try and get back in. But I, t- I just didn't like it. I, I I think just because of how we were treated, the money aspect and not getting paid and stuff like that, it all came back to me. And I'm, and and being injured, I just I've been injured too many times, and it kind of. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I just left the game, um, and and so yeah, I went into a different mode, which was the singing route. Yeah. And 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 look, and it sounds like a weird route to take, but as it happens, when we used to go to theatres or wherever, you perform in front of a, an audience. Now that could be a seven thirty show, just like a kickoff time, and I'd be with other people, and it was the camaraderie and stuff like that was very much like football, and it filled a void. I found I was like, oh. Because to run out in front of the fans is is a great thing. I, I can't yeah. tell you. People have turned up to watch you. So to do that on a theatre stage or whatever is is this, the same buzz. And I was like, oh wow, I've just replaced it with something else. Uh, that dopamine kit, come on, give it me. <clears throat> so um, so that's that's the route I took, uh, which didn't yeah. need my my legs too much. Now, and is that something you're still doing? Yeah. I'm still going to around. In fact, we're doing. I'm doing the Delphi Theatre in the West End at Christmas, which is oh, really? my first 
West End credit. Um, oh, wow. I've worked with West. I've worked with West End singers many times, but to have to be actually in the West End is is massive. After all these years, that's my first one. But yeah, I'm still doing. Obviously, COVID kicked in and killed a lot of work. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that's that's still good. So no, I still do that. But again, it's just that buzz in front of the audience. I can't help it. It's really really good. So that's one of the things I'm I'm, I'm still doing that has carried on from from the foot uh, from football but i'm doing a lot of private coaching that's why i yeah. say my legs are great a lot of one-on-one yeah. -on -one stuff team i was at macclesfield for a little short while still part and parcel of macclesfield but and you've been brought scale. in by sab there yeah sab, sab, sab brought me in. yeah yeah sab brought me in um and so and that's again because of the amount of co coaching i was doing he brought me in um so i i, I thoroughly enjoy the football side because i i I, I try and give players things that I used to do because I wasn't the most naturally talented footballer. So I try and give them whatever I used to do. And the most important thing in football is learning the basics. Once you have a lot of basics, so I always say learn the tools, get, get as many tools as you can to go into the pitch. The more tools you have at your disposal, the better player you'll be. As opposed to going, you know, it's like getting a plumber going in with a, a hammer and a screwdriver to change a whole bathroom. There's only so far you'll go with that, you know. Whereas if you've got all the tools, you've got a good chance of doing a good job in that bathroom. So um, that's what I try and instill in all the kids when I train. And so that's another aspect that I'm doing at the moment. You say you've been doing a bit of filming? Can you say? Yes. Yes, that? I can. I can. I wasn't I wasn't before, but yeah. Um, so um, by, by hook, crook, and I don't know how else you can say it, but my, my, my sister used to write. She still she writes a lot for, for TV and uh, various what plays. Family and, this um, is. Yeah, and she um, there were there's a program called Jamie Johnson, and they were after a woman black coach, which who they couldn't find, and um, the producer was speaking to my sister, and she said, um, you know, we can't find this uh, a coach, and my sister said, oh, it's a pity that because Jim might have auditioned. She said, why don't you get into audition? Of course, I auditioned, and I got I got originally got the assistant. Um, uh, role so I was the assistant coach in, in Jamie Johnson and um, just before kind of filming began the main uh, man um, who couldn't do it I'll, I'll leave his name out just in case if any problems but he couldn't do it for tax reasons and they gave me the they, they gave me the they gave me the main yeah they gave me the main role as, uh, as, as, as the head coach and so thank you think, HRMC yeah yeah it, it all came to it all came to fruition. I can't I can't lie, but I got the I got the main job and then. Um, I'm just looking by, it up now. Jim, it's been going for a bit, this isn't it? So Jim just been going for about eight seasons, but this is a spin-off now. So if you look onto the BBC iPlayer, there's a there's a brand new show out, um, and there's a lot of promo just started for uh, Jamie Johnson uh, FC. In fact, when we finish this, I will send you a link, uh, uh, Andy, so you can see it. And um, so there's a whole new cast. Yeah. There's a whole new cast. It's on. It's out on October the fourth, on CBBC, and uh, uh, yeah, whole new cast. It's a little spin-off, um, uh, and Jamie Johnson's still in it, but it's a, it's a big show. We've already filmed the second season, um, but it's so that's a listen. This is a, I've never done this before. So getting in front of camera was a whole new thing. It's possibly one of the hardest things I've done. I'll be honest with you. Learning lines and uh, yeah, but this this whole new uh, uh, you know I like saying I, I like new new challenges. This was a yeah, yeah. this was a whole new challenge, and I've, I 
and I think I've done okay with it. So I'm looking forward to that coming out. So I'm going to be plugging that, and um, because you know I've been singing for years, and I've become it's my job. You know, I don't. How many people promote their job all the time? It's like I've I've been doing it so many times. I go to different theaters. I, I forget to put things on or ring my family. Are you coming to watch? Just yeah. Whereas whereas this is brand new, so I'm like, okay, I'm quite proud of this. If you if I was still doing this in ten years, would I be plugging it? Probably not. But at the moment. Yeah, it's quite big for me. This, so I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. No, no, great. I'm just just had a quick look now on 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 Wikipedia. Yeah, it's it seems it seems like it's going to be big. Well done. I, I didn't realise you were doing that. I didn't yeah. know I was into your boat. I, 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 I couldn't hate you anymore, Jim. <laughs> well, um, try. one tries one's best, as they say, Andy. <laughs> No, we, we always finish on a quick fire, which is just five questions, whatever comes into you, into your head. But just before we go, I just want to ask you about Jeff, because Jeff's like a big part of Wrexham's story as well. You know, mm-hmm. how is he? I mean, I, I, I'm reading up on him. He seems to be doing yeah, really well now. Um, yeah, he's great. He, he, he works for the PFA and he looks after any anyone with, with problems, addictions, or, or be it uh, drugs or alcohol or even... Um, computer games so you know some people get addicted to something for so long and so he's there uh someone to talk to uh, on the mental health side as well so he's he's doing a fantastic job at the pfa right now um and he's giving something back from, from because of his experiences in the game so yeah he's great and um he has got some stories to tell by the way in his football so <laughs> we, we, my... we need to my lord, here. I'm not sure if some can be aired on, but they are, he has got some unbelievable stories. I mean, we always talk about football. There is so many funny stories that happen. <clears throat> That's part and parcel of it that uh, we, we we don't often touch on. But uh, maybe do maybe do one of the uh, an after hours one. <laughs> <laughs> like that Hollyoaks thing that used to come on. They used to have a normal <laughs> Hollyoaks, and then we used to have normal Hollyoaks. Yes. Slightly different one, risque one, should we say? But yeah, all good. So he's no thanks for asking, and um, but he's great. I know, no, like I say, he's 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 a part of the Wrexham story mm. of, as you are. I mean, talking about the Wrexham story, what did you think when you sort of heard all this about about oh, bonkers? Yeah. Thinking what 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 are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, they've put Wrexham on on the global map. It's frightening. It's frightening. Um, the, the, what's going on there? I, I wish I was part of it now. I mean, the money that's flying around is incredible, but um, just to, just to be to have them at the helm is is quite incredible. And um, I think they're doing a great job. I really do. Um, time will tell as how they go, but you need deep, deep pockets to be a chairman. That's one thing. Um, I think so, uh, I think they're doing all right there. I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, so. We like to finish on quick fire. So, from your time at Wrexham, uh, first first person that sort of pops into your mind, um, who was the most skillful? Probably Trans. Yeah, ridiculous skills that he would pull out on the pitch. Never seen anyone try things like him. Yeah, um, he's been answer a lot. Right, worst mm. dressed. I'm I'm interested in this one. Worst dressed. Okay, yeah, Hector Sam. I've, I've, seen, some, I've seen Dibble wear some. Oh, God, Dibble. Dibble's had some bad gear, I suppose. But, yeah, I'll tell you what, there's a, there's, there's a few up there, I'll be honest with you. But, yeah, Hector, Dibbs. 
<laughs> Paul Barrett had some bad gear. Paul Barrett. What a um, lovely lad he was, by the way. It was a lovely, yeah, lovely, lovely lad. Um, to be fair, Truns would come in the dodgy gear, but because he was because he was Truns and could handle himself, he'd, yeah. he'd try and pull it off. But yeah, he would come in with the odd tight pants or something where you go, really, you would really Truns. Um, so yeah, no, there's a few, there's a few up there to be honest. Who was the most underrated? Who didn't really get the, pl- the plaudits that they sh- they should have? Do you know what? Um, we talked about Aussie. Yeah, he could do things with the ball. Honestly, he just he he just wasn't consistent. He he did things. He could ping a ball like some out of prem. I, I do remember that. I'm thinking, Jesus, why aren't you playing more? But and in fact, this is something I noticed when I'm playing through the higher the echelons from the Northern Ireland, to, you know, to Man Cities and coming down to Wrexham. Even watching like of Truns, thinking, why aren't you playing? It, it always boiled down to the better players always gave. You'd always get a seven or eight or ten every week, regardless. That, that's how it, that's how it worked out. As whereas the, when you drop down to that league, and even this is Truns as well, you'd, you'd be a nine or ten out of ten. And then he'd be a four out of ten, then he'd be a six out of ten, then then a four, then a ten out of ten. And this is where a lot of players failed. But Aussie for me is one just just straight off the bat at the moment. There's probably others that I can think of, but he was a good player. Yeah, I always thought was with Steve that you could always tell by his first action in a game how the game was going to go. Absolutely, which is true. Yes, if he had a good touch, you think he's going to play well. If he hasn't, yeah. it's, the head's gone. And then that's, unfortunately, yeah. football. He's always chasing you, it. Yeah, they chase it a little bit, don't they? Because they want yeah. to do well and they, they feel Yes, they're almost wrong. do yeah. too much. But in yeah. training, he did some things. I was like, oh, man. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could have another think and give you some other names, but that's just the first one I've top there. I think this is going to be a little bit more clear cut. Who is the biggest moaner? Oh, man. We, we we have two we have two because I know I said Brian Carey but Darren Ferguson could <laughs> moan oh my lord I mean great both great lads we both drove in together we went for beers together but my lord he could moan between the two of them that honestly the, what right, a car journey to, that is that's a, mo- yeah, that's a moaning car journey in stereo yeah yeah in stereo but but they 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 it's, it was just on the pitch on the pitch they were, were relentless. They would call you every name and if you weren't pulling your weight, you know, by the time you got to the car, they calmed down and you were fine. But they could moan, you know, them two nearly at fisticuffs with each other, with Dennis Smith. This happened on so many occasions. But um, yeah, they're, they're the biggest. They'll tell you straight if you're not playing well. It's no problem. No qualms. So, yeah, those two. Right. That, that leads into this one. So the last question is, which player would you least like to fight? Oh, would I least like to fight? Yeah, probably Brian Carey because he'd, he'd be one that you'd have to you'd have to kill him. I think because he'd, <laughs> he'd just keep getting up. Uh, Scott Green as well. Yeah, he was told you he was adorable. Oh, Scott Green, Scott horrible. Um, so yeah, I'm back into the midfield. Uh, John actually, but so they moaned. Yeah, but yeah, Scott Green. Yeah, he, he him, him and Brian with our hard ones in there. So we're uh, one of them. Jim, thank you so much for your time. Um, great to hear about your career and you've 
and you, 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 your new career. So we wish you good yes. luck in that. So it's Jamie Johnston FC, isn't it? And it's on yeah, that's going to be the news. I'm going to see it. Yes, on October the fourth. I'm going to start putting some things out on my socials so you'll be able to see that um, for links because, like I say, it's a brand new for me. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Nice one. We'll put we'll put a link in in the bio on this. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, buddy. Thanks again to Jim Whitley for coming on. Uh, what an interesting chap, Andy. Yeah, uh, multifaceted. Uh, <laughs> I sort of hate him, but I can't hate him because he's so nice and he's so good at. You know, he he was great for us as well. But real yeah, shame he that he he retired. Uh, probably, mm-hmm. you know, he retired too early because there was a few more good years from Jim Whitley, a guy who could really play in play in any position. And I think he's probably a little bit underrated from what he what he gave to us mm. for the for those seasons. Very, very steady Eddie. Yes, indeed. Um right, time to look ahead quickly. Two games this week, as mentioned. Bottom of the league Sutton arrive on Tuesday night. Uh, Liam, big opportunity there. Gotta be putting these teams away, right? Yeah, definitely. It goes back to that thing I was saying about if you can get three points in these games and particularly against a side like Sutton who are struggling up against it, then I think, you know, it, these sort of, the points on the road look decent. That's what pads it out. So, yeah, are we doing predictions yet or am I jumping the gun there? Jumping the gun. Let's do those. Oh, options. sorry. Let's just, let's just discuss. I, I won't jump the gun. I won't jump <laughs> the gun then. Um yeah, I'm looking for. I've actually forgot that we had a Tuesday night game. It, is it just me, or has it been a while since we had a, a home game under the lights? I think it's been a while to... since there's been a Tuesday night game, league game. To be honest, it's been a good few yeah. weeks, isn't it? Yeah, compared to last season where it seemed to be mm. all the yeah. time. So I'm just, I'm just looking forward to it from um, yeah. that perspective. Like Andy, I would sort of wonder whether we see Davis come in. I just mm. think he's so positive, plays on the front foot all the time. Um, against that sort of team, you know, if we get a couple of early goals, we could potentially, potentially be in for quite a high-scoring game. So, mm. yeah, that that's one consideration, I think. And then the Fletcher situation, do you go back to Palmer and Mullin? Probably, I think, would be for me. Uh, and Tim, a return for Omari Patrick. Tell, yeah. tell, our, tell our new American fans about Omari Patrick. Well, he was with us about, I think it was four or five years ago. We had him on loan from Bradford City, of all of all clubs. Um, and their manager at the time, I can't remember who it was, didn't really fancy him. Um, so it, they loaned him out to Yeovil. And I think then they loaned him out to us. And he ended up with five goals in 10 games for us. Pretty decent return, to be fair. Um, obviously, there's that much happened in the time since that I don't remember a great deal about him. I, I know he went, I think he went on to, to play at Carlisle. Um, so obviously he got moved into the league. Yeah. Very, very quick. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, certainly certainly got a couple of dangerous players, him being one of them, because he's still, I think he's in his prime now. I think he's 26, something like that, 26, 27. So, you know, he, he will want to come back and, and prove a little bit of a point as well. Because you know, let's face it, Sutton are currently kind of stinking out the league. They're, they've had a really, really bad start. However, um, you know, we can't take this game for granted either. We know that anybody can beat anybody on their day. Um, yes, we can. It's a lot of pressure, really. I, I just, I just hope the lads can go out there and just play their normal game, have faith in themselves that it will come good. Because we, we have tightened up a lot. 
So I can't see a sh- ship in many, if any, goals. Um, it's just about clicking now, clicking going forward. Um, whether Luke Young comes back into the fold because he was a, a glaring omission uh, at Bradford. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, at the moment, Parky's got more questions than answers in terms of his overall team selection. We've still not seen the the real Wrexham, if you like, yet. And obviously, a lot of early season injuries have disrupted our flow in regards to that. But yeah, yeah it's going to be exactly what our, what our starting eleven is quite yet, do we? No, I don't think anyone. But lads, didn't we have this last season? Weren't we? Weren't we twelve months ago having an emergency pod about our away form? Uh, and as soon as our as soon as we had that pod, our away form was absolutely but, brilliant. Um, I'm not saying two years ago. Should we have an emergency podcast about our starting eleven then? And then, then okay, fine. emergency podcast called now. We need to sort of sort out of the starting eleven. Um, get everyone in the right place. Uh, go for it, Parky. Uh, okay, we've done that now. We, done. We, we've addressed it. Let's and also uh, so so Andy, good time for you to come in on Notts County. That's a big game, right? Saturday. Are you off there? I, I've got the ticket. Yeah. I'm just, do you know how much it is for a train ticket from from London to to Nottingham? Have a guess. Uh, 77 quid yeah 75 quid 75 quid I hate it when you ask someone to guess and the the person who guesses guesses over what you were going to do what you were going to (laughs) say thereby ruining the whole the whole bloody yeah you told me you told me how much you paid for it yesterday so I just thought you set me up for it Oh no! Oh no! Next time, Tim, come in and say forty-five quid, and I'll say no. It's seventy-five quid. I'm never going to say that. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know how much? Do you know how much it's costing me to get back to Cardiff for the next Wales game? That's something like nearly seventy quid. Oh, well, it's and probably going to, to get there. So, Twelve yeah. hours, uh, one hundred and fifty notes, and a kidney. Broken. But all, all, all to see Wrexham stick three past Sam Slow Coach, so it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently um, not uh, worried about their defence, right? Even though they're sitting pretty. So, are we gonna? What are we gonna see? Is it gonna be a, an absolute goal fest, a bonanza, or a nil nil? Hmm. It's a weird look, one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, not when I saw the Mansfield game, they cannot defend from from corners or set plays. It seemed seemed that way. So, I think that's something that we can really. We can really uh, look to make hay on because you know we've got good deli- good set piece delivery. We've got big lads at the back and up front. Um, so yeah, I think that's where we should be targeting them. But if they if we allow them to, they won't press us as hard as the other teams, but they will try and play a way around us, uh, and that's what we've got to uh, to ward against. Because I remember last season for, for for half an hour we couldn't get the ball off them. Once we did. Once you know, once we started to to go the other way, the way we had a lot of chances to to at least get a draw from that. So I'm not, I'm not overly overly sort of. I I think we've got a chance basically. All right, good. Glad, glad to hear it. I feel I feel convinced now. On that note, why don't we do? <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't very convincing. I was so inspired by the end of that today. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like Phil Parkinson with 25 people in front of me. I've got like loads of words and I just can't put them together in the right in the right place. <laughs> um, shall we do predictions then? Uh, and Andy, why don't you go first? Seeing as in you're such a, a rousing mood, such a wordsmith, and yeah, you're just raring to go. So give us your predictions for Tuesday and Saturday. Right, I think it's going to be a three niller on uh, on Tuesday. I think we Ooh. need to get back to Grimsby level of domination at home. And I think 
Sutton are really sort of down in the dumps and low on confidence, and we need to take advantage of that and start putting that goal difference in more in the uh, more in the plus uh, column. Um, I, I'd, again, I'd take a draw on on Saturday. I think it will be one each. Um, I think going away and getting a point at places like that, as Liam has said, will stand us in good in good stead. Uh, we you know we we are due a statement. Uh, victory on on the on the road. We haven't really had one yet, but I'm not sure that County will uh, will let us go there and win. So I think I think a draw would be a good result. Liam, predictions? Uh, I would love a nice uneventful home game where we win two nil. So just for wishful thinking's sake, I'm going for that. Uh, away at Notts County. <sighs> can see a few goals in that game like Andy I also think we're likely to draw so I'll go two each Right another four points for the week Tim do you do you share that general assessment? Uh, sort of sort of I'm going to go 4-1 against Sutton mm. um, whether Big Arthur will be in goal somebody on Twitter forgive me I can't mention I can't remember who said it but they seem to say that he was holding his groin. He might have tweaked it. That's why he wasn't maybe coming out for some of the some of the crossing bombardment we were hit with in, in the game late on yesterday. So hopefully that's nothing too serious or there's nothing in it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think 4-1 against Sutton, I just think it's time to kind of get back to basics and and play to our strengths in front of a decent home crowd as always. And Notts County, we haven't beaten them in a league in like forever. I know we beat them in the FA Trophy season before last but I fancy to finally finally usher in a, a cheeky league win at Meadow Lane so I'm going to go 2-1 to us Ooh, there's, your there's your statement win along with a statement win at Crawley you know come that on Reese. Reese, bring us crashing back down to, to earth I'm sorry I always knew we were going to win in Crawley I said it, I knew it in my bones I also thought Crawley were in a false position uh, and I've been proved right on both occasions. You mystic so. Meg in the corner there. Why don't you just marry yourself? Well, <laughs> if it was legal, I would. <laughs> um, for me, generally uh, agree. I think there'll be goals Tuesday night. I reckon it will be 4-2. I think Sutton will score a couple. Uh, on Saturday, I think we'll also come away... Actually, no, I'm going to bring us crashing down to earth. I think Nods County are going to do us 2-1. Sorry, everyone. Uh, and on that bombshell. Oh, thanks. Uh, this is not Pravda. We're independent-minded people. <laughs> uh, just... I reckon I if me and Liam hadn't both gone for draws, Reese would have gone for a draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I reckon. If he sussed me out as a contrarian. Uh, okay, guys. Um, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. We appreciate all of your support. Uh, goodbye. Take care.